Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information about our ministries, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Always began just the same way. The picture on the screen would start to flutter and the images would begin to blur. Then the horizontal hold would let go and the picture would tilt sideways. The vertical hold would go, the picture would start to skip, and finally an ominous voice would announce, do not attempt to adjust your picture. There is nothing wrong with your television. We are in control. This is the outer limits. Well, after hearing the gospel uh, that was just read, I mean, I can hear a voice in this church this morning saying, do not attempt to adjust your Bibles. We control the lessons. Which is to say the gospel for today is a real outer limits passage. And that is so because the end of the year is just around the corner. The fiscal year for Christians begins not on January 1, but on the first Sunday in Advent, which this year is November 28th. So, the Bible passages for this Sunday and next Sunday are concerned with endings. We're moving into the grand themes of the end of time, and the last judgment, and the second coming of Christ, and the consummation of history, and the final intervention of the Lord of hosts. So, in today's gospel, Jesus points to the great temple in Jerusalem. And he says to the disciples, do you see that huge, beautiful building? It's all coming down, not one stone on another. And that is, in fact, exactly what happened. In 72 AD, just 29 years after Jesus utters these words, the temple was utterly destroyed by the Roman army. Today, you can actually stand beside those colossal stones exactly where they fell 2,000 years ago. There's a number of us here this morning who've stood beside those stones. Then, says Jesus, false leaders are going to rise up. Then, says Jesus, there will be wars and rumors of wars. Then, says Jesus, there will be earthquakes. Then, says Jesus, there will be famines. And then, says Jesus, after all this happens, there will be the end. Now, if all of this Outer Limits stuff seems a little bit sensational, a little bit over the top, I mean, we do know that these are themes that really sell at the box office. I mean, I'm thinking of the movie 2012, where our planet is destroyed when the core of our Earth heats up. Or the movie The Stand, where the entire human race dies of a virus. Or the movie On the Beach, where atomic bombs wipe out all of civilization. Or the movie Cloverfield, although in that case it's only Manhattan, that gets destroyed by monsters. 
Or the movie Armageddon, where an asteroid the size of Texas is hurtling toward the Earth. It really is kind of fun to watch the end of the world while eating popcorn. But before we dismiss all of these apocalyptic images, just consider for a moment the Andromeda galaxy. It's filled with millions of stars, and right now, it is bearing down on our Milky Way galaxy. The Andromeda galaxy is racing toward us at 300,000 miles an hour. And the collision is scheduled to occur in 5 billion years. Long ways away, but there really will be an end. Let's bring it down to a more personal level. This past week, I was reading about an incident that took place in an elementary school. And they had taken a group picture of a particular class. And then the teacher tried to persuade the children to buy a copy of the, the picture. And the teacher said, just think how nice it'll be when you grow up and you look at the picture and you'll be able to say, there's Jennifer, she's a lawyer. And there's Michael, he's a doctor. And just then, a voice from the back of the room said, and there's the teacher, she's dead. There will be an end. And again, on a personal level, but this time in a much more serious vein, W.H. Auden has written a loved one about uh, a poem about a loved one who died. And one verse says this He was my north, my south, my east and west, my working week, and my Sunday rest. My noon, my midnight, my talk, my song. I thought love would last forever. I was wrong. There really will be an end. And here's the thing. More often than not, the truth is that I am not ready for the end. I'm not ready for something as vast as two galaxies to collide together. I'm not ready to get cancer. I'm not ready for my loved one to die. And most of all, I'm not ready, and I'll, I'm willing to bet that you're not ready either, because there are too many people to whom you and I still need to say, I'm sorry. And there are too many people to whom you and I still need to say, I love you. So you know what we need? We need an extension. We need more time to get ready. And the gospel for this Bible Sunday says that God does not give us an extension. Not because God's mean, but because extensions don't work. A few extra days or years or lifetimes in which to clean up my act and get my, myself ready to pass the final judgment, final exam, are not long enough. Instead, the gospel of Jesus does the great reversal. It announces that it is precisely in 
are not being ready. In our brokenness, in our neediness, in our guilt, in our failures, that the forgiveness and the love and the mercy of Jesus become real. There's not a single person in this church this morning who has grown in faith or who has found God to become more real or who has discovered more grace when times have been good. You and I are incredibly thankful for good times, but they are not occasions for discovering God more deeply. But this church this morning is jammed to the gills with people who have found that in the very midst of struggles and pains, God's love and mercy have found us out. And this is so because it was the experience of Jesus here on earth. He also encountered the end. It killed him. And the world said that he wasn't ready. The world said that he needed an extension. And the world did not have the last word. Because the cross turned out to not be the end. This crucified Savior ended up alive. And not just alive, but also strong. I'll preach another sermon some other time about Jesus as our friend and our brother. But this morning, we're not talking about Jesus as our buddy. The news is that sweet Jesus, meek and mild, turns out also to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And what this all means is that there are no outer limits in our lives that are beyond the power of this King of Kings and Lord of Lords to touch and heal. You and I are invited to say, I want to be a part of the company of people at Calvary St. George's Church who are nowhere near ready and who are desperately needy and who are so experiencing the love of Christ that they are finding real hope and real peace. Let me give you a little picture of how this actually happens in real life. And I'll close with this. Back in the 1940s, there was a certain southern town, small, that had just one public swimming pool. And pools like that were health hazards in those days. And it was up to the local health officials to try to police them. And in this one particular town, any child who was found to have head lice, ringworm, or empatigo wasn't allowed in the pool. And furthermore, children couldn't get back into the pool until they had obtained a health certificate. And the only place they would issue a health certificate was the local health department office. And so, by the middle of the summer, the line of children in front of the health department office was especially long. And furthermore, the line was filled with kids who were miserable. And furthermore, the other kids laughed at them. 
I saw you in the lice line, was the cry. And that wasn't just a barb with a little sting. That was a label that would stick long after the pool was closed for the winter. To stand in the lice line was to experience the end. So one day in August, the line was especially long, and down the sidewalk came the local judge, the most respected man in the community. And he stood there quietly, looking at the children in the line. And then, without a word, he crossed the street, walked over to the last child in the line, and quietly stood behind him. Now, in these little towns, they don't offer much to see, but they make up for it by what you hear. And that day, a few people saw the judge in the lice line, and by evening, the whole county had heard about it. And the next morning, not only was the judge back in the line, but also the local doctor, the local bank president. By noon, even the local Episcopal priest was in the line. And in one small town, Easter arrived in August. Because just as that judge joined that line, so has Jesus partaken of our condition. Just as the judge joined the lice line, so has Jesus declared that all of the ends that you and I experience are not the end. So what's your lice line this morning? In what ways are you and I hungering for a health of certificate right now? I mean, maybe you're in the lice line of being single and getting older and hungering for a relationship. That's a line that can feel like the end. Maybe you're in the lice line of a relationship that's struggling with a hunger for Uh, reconciliation that hasn't happened. That's a lice line that can feel like the end. Maybe you're in the lice line of having children who are driving you crazy or breaking your heart or maybe both at the same time. That's a line that can feel like the end. Maybe you're in the lice line of some addiction and the fact that it's a long, long line doesn't make it any better. That's a line that can feel like the end. Maybe you're in the lice line of some persistent, draining guilt with a hunger for forgiveness that the world isn't giving. That's the line that can feel like the end. Can you see the King of Kings and Lord of Lords stepping forward this morning to stand with you in all these lines and to give you the certificate of health that never expires. Because all of our ends are very real, but so is the cross, and so is the empty tomb. And you and I have no outer limits that cannot be touched and forgiven and loved and made whole by our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. 
produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of our parish, we would really appreciate it. You can make a one-time or recurring gift by going to calvarystgeorges.org slash give. Thank you for your support.